Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance Podcast. My name is Bree, and I'm here with one of my favorite bookish people, people in general, Izzy from the YouTube channel Happy For Now, and podcaster on Chapter 3 Podcast. Izzy, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here. Hello. Uh, thanks for remembering that one, because that's the one thing I always forget to plug. <laughs> Every time I'm like, that's right. I am also on a podcast once a month. I forget about this. (laughs) Okay, tell our listeners all about you. Oh God, this I don't like talking about me. This is always hard. Um, so I talk a lot about romance books. I talk a lot about the happenings in romance community and world. Um, I've been reading romance books for over 15 years now. So I I feel like I, I, you know, I know things. (laughs) I didn't start as like a youth reading them like under the cover of darkness, unfortunately. But I still feel like, you know, once you've been reading it for a while, there are things you just, there are cycles we see, right? There are um, trends and it's always fun seeing things come back through. Um, but yeah, I do that. I read a lot of manga as well. So the Japanese like comic format, I love. Um, and, you know, I just love talking about the books I enjoy and giving people book recs and all that fun stuff. Like that's always just like something I've enjoyed doing. 15 years ago, you started reading romance. Tell us the origin yeah. story. How did it happen? Were you a reader prior to that? You were just reading something yeah. else or what? Yeah. I, I mean, I've always been a reader. You know, I read The Twilight, of course, as a teen, right? Like, that was a given. Um, that was what was big when I was in high school and going into college. I don't remember what year the last book came out. So I, just, I remember getting it at midnight. <laughs> but, you know, I my mom's a reader. My mom's a romance reader. So it's not like the books weren't around either. You know what I mean? I just never picked them up. I was just reading everything else. Um, And then in college, I went on that journey of like, what kind of books do I like as an adult? You know, as someone who's in their 20s now, right? You're you're like aging out. Like I'd read Hunger Games like early college and started and read like some Percy Jackson's and stuff. And I was like, you know, I want to read some like adult titles. I still love those titles, you know, those age demographics, but like, you know, you want to like step in. Um, so I'd started reading just all kinds of stuff. Like I was reading, uh, some high fantasy and sci-fi and just all, I mean, all kinds of stuff, like a big variety. I apologize for any snores. The dog is, (laughs) you're a dog mom. It's fine. (laughs) She is belly up and snoring next to me. Um, I have recently become a dog mom and, and, and she's a lot. I love her to death, but I'm like, girl, girl, you're a lot. (laughs) It's a lot sometimes. And I'm like, you, you really don't need to snore next to me right now, but we are. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so then I, my roommate introduced me to Sherilyn Kenyon uh, and the Dark Hunters. And also I read this like orc romance from forever ago by a pen name that's actually a guy writing under a female pen name. Uh, Morgan Howell was the book's. So I read like those, I got a Kindle and it just, it just spiraled from there. You know, it was like, once I got a taste, it just, it never ended. And it wasn't like, you know, 50 shades was then like, I, so I was picking up all that stuff and just kept going. (laughs) And that was right around like, uh, the boom of like paranormal too. So like, you know, the early, uh, or the mid two thousands, I guess it would be like after 2007, we had that paranormal boom for romance. Mm-hmm. And it was right around then. Like, I just kind of dove head first and I've never looked back. And 
This makes so much sense to me because I assumed, first I assumed that you would probably been reading romance for forever, but I kind of got the vibes that you probably started with paranormal because like you did the whole Immortals After Dark readathon, which introduced Mm -hmm. me to the the series and I just think, oh God, it's so good. (laughs) So good. But no, it is. I mean, like I read those, I read like Cat and Bones, like I never finished Dark Hunters. I bailed (laughs) like so fast. Not so far. Like, I got so far and I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's too much the same. Um, and then, like, Cat and Bones uh, series, The Night Huntress by Janine Frost. Like, th- like, those were the big books then. And I was just, I don't know. The, I feel like the Kindle really unlocked a world of reading for me, if that makes sense. In a yeah, way I that, like, Kindle is I a drug think... dealer. It's a drug dealer. That's all it is. It's, it's the best <laughs> thing, though, because you just, yeah. you're able to find stuff. Like, you know, in my college town, the bookstore had some romance, I'm sure, but it wasn't as central as the sci-fi and the other genre, niche genres, you know? And they, she didn't carry, like, a ton of lit. What do you feel like, um, as someone who kind of, who, when you were getting into romance, paranormal was having a moment, mm-hmm. What is what are your thoughts about where it is right now? Because obviously... There are those you you have your Christine Fee hands who never went away, mm-hmm. right? But the yeah. boom, the boom didn't the boom is ha, kind of went away. But you had those authors yeah. that stood their ground, still put out books. What does it feel like for you now? Because I do feel like I'm seeing in the trad world, you see every now and again a title will come out. It has an illustrated mm-hmm. cover, so I'm like, okay, but it has witch in the title, so I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, paranormal, oh. but it's looking rom comish. But I know oh, you read a lot of indie romance too, and yes. I see a lot of indie like um, paranormal over there as well. Like, is it having a moment? Is it not having a moment? Can it not find its footing? Like, what? What's your theory? I, okay, I have two theories. So first, in the indie world, right, we're always, um, I feel like when you read indie books, you're always like steps ahead of traditional books, right? Because like, they can turn out things like monster books, uh, mm-hmm. which is like now the offshoot of paranormal, in my opinion, we are in monster territory, like we're going further than a vampire or a werewolf, we're, we're pushing okay. it, you know, more and more into like, different things. And they're more than like, fairies, or something that you would get in like a more fantasy paranormal. Um, but I think publishing, like traditional publishing is terrified to dip back into paranormal again for some reason. And instead we're getting these really half-assed attempts at witchy books that have like nothing in them that are actually witchy. And they're like so boring. And I, I hate saying that. Like I've read some I liked, like I really liked Celestine Martin's, um, is it? Witchful Thinking. Witchful thinking. Yeah. I can never remember if that's her name or if Celestial's in the title of the book. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> did I switch this? Yeah. And I'm being very rude. So that one, like that one had some like magic to it actually. And like commitment to the thing. But then you'll read like um, some of the other ones. And it's just, uh, I think Anna Guire's ones, Boss Witch or oh, whatever. yeah. Like they're Boss so, Witch. like, it's not terrible, but they're just meh. Like they have no actual commitment. Like they were afraid to go to there. They were afraid yeah. to really go there in the book. It's yeah, almost I like, get it. Hey, you read contemporary books. Here's a book that has a witch in it, but it's not like you know, it's not witchy. Too much. It's <laughs> yeah, not it's that not witchy. witchy. There's no stakes. It's not even cozy though. Like it's not so low stakes. It feels cozy. It's just boring in a weird way. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I could totally be here for like contemporary witches that are like doing their job as witches whatever that is you know and there's not a lot of stakes like that could be fun that works 
But they're just like over here like, no, here's a cute illustrated cover where like we put a witch in the title and mentioned she's a witch like twice and don't commit to the actual witchiness Mm -hmm. of it. That's that's my theory. I don't know. I think it's weird. It's a trend that the more and more I look at it and the more of those books I read, the more disappointed I am. I was like, hopeful. you're you want to pick them up. You you want to pick them up just to see is mm-hmm. this the one that's gonna go there? And then you finish it and you're like, man, you just it's a missed opportunity <laughs> again. It is. Yeah, you just and I like I, I mean I feel like hope every time that like maybe this is the one. And pretty much all of them have not been the one. Somehow I, I, I always weird. wonder like I want like when I go to um I have a half price books here and the paranormal mm-hmm. romance section is amazing like clearly someone in san antonio is constantly mm-hmm. donating their old mass market paranormal romances and i wonder if there's this fear of them overdoing it again what do you think about that like just kind of the oversaturation too much mm-hmm. i can see that because the trends right now i mean if you look at any book table right it's like such a weird mishmash of things it's like here's the really fun billionaire contemporaries. And then here's this weird dark romance that everybody loves. Like, I don't feel like the trends right now um, last as long as they used to. Like, mm, and traditional yeah. publishing can't keep up with that almost is what I, I feel like is happening. But at the same time, they're picking up things that I honestly wouldn't have expected them to pick up. So, I mean, like Bloom Books keeps signing books that I go, huh, really? That one? Yeah, I'll just see ones and I'm like, okay. Like, I guess that, I mean, like, I was like, that makes sense. You know, they're popular. So of course you want to pick them up and distribute them. You know, like they picked up Kennedy Ryan, which was like, great. I love this. Yeah. And then they picked up Tilly Cole's like thousand boy kisses. And I was like, is this book even popular anymore? Like, is this not a long time ago? (laughs) Exactly. It feels like a relic. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I was like, I didn't know anyone was asking for this. Exactly. I mean, is it a TikTok thing? Is it one of those like TikTok gems that has become popular because TikTokers are reading it? I don't even think I've seen it over there. Yeah, I don't. I haven't. I've not seen it over there. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So you started reading romance 15 years ago. How did YouTube, Mm -hmm. when did, I'm assuming you were watching it. Like we all have that story of like, we were watching it for like six months to a year and you're like antsy to to start a channel of your own like what's your story like how did we get happy for Um, now on youtube so i was watching like booktube not romance tube because romance tube didn't exist really it was just kind of just out there making videos and the occasional creator would do a video i feel like where they read some romance Mm -hmm. maybe 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 we're kind yeah um, but I just like struggled to find people. It took me forever to find um, Steph's romance book talk, like forever. Like, cause it just, you were searching and like things aren't coming up and it was weird. And then I finally started finding romance channels. Um, and my friend and I actually started the channel together as like a dual channel. Um, and she came up with the name actually. And it's perfect. I love it. It's the best thing that ever yeah, happened. Yeah. Um, and she ended up like just time commitments didn't work. And I just kind of took over and ran with it. Um, we were at a book festival in Winston-Salem, North Carolina called Bookmarks. And we're talking about it in our hotel room and decided to do it. Um, and so we did. And, you know, just joined the foray of like now the surge of romance booktubers we have, which is amazing. Like, it's wild how many options there are now compared to in 2018. 
and 2019 yeah. that we had. You know, like there was there weren't a lot of us, and it was hard to find each you, other. Even it was. Do you think like what do you think the shift was? Because it it does feel like obviously there's way more YouTubers now talking about romance. Was it the pandemic and people all of a sudden are interested in romance and they're seeking people talking about it and they're seeing the few channels that were out there and it's like oh I can do this too was it romance youtubers creating like discords and like that's inspiring to people like what do you think caused the like very much needed boom of now there are like so many youtubers on (laughs) youtube talking about romance I think the pandemic stripped the shame away of being a romance reader for some people. And like the, the idea that like, it's okay to seek joy in the books you read versus the idea that like, uh, I don't know if I want to put my face on the internet and talk about romance books. Does that make sense? Like, I think there's a lot of hesitancy to be like, that is my face. That is me. Disc-. You know, I, <laughs> I do it. And then I find out my partner's coworker watches my channel. Oh because my he gosh. told her my channel name. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. She wants This to is have... too close to home. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is um interesting thing for me to feel. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting when like someone in real life sees it. Like my friend is in Georgia and she's like, Yeah, I was showing this girl in my office your TikTok, like a TikTok you posted. And she's like, Oh, I've seen her before. And I'm like, Oh, that is so weird. Like, block me so she can't believe. Yeah, can I have her username so I can block her? Uh, it's right. yeah, I don't, I don't like, and it's weird because it's like if somebody came up to me in public, like I'd be like, yeah, whatevs. But like being told like somebody your partner works with is watching, you're like, um, it's a little weird. And then she told my partner's boss about it, who um, then also went to go I watch love my channel. It though. She and found she was totally like, random like she didn't even you know it was so random isn't that crazy no he well he gave it to her so it wasn't random oh. he, he hands it out like candy well shout out to uh, shout out to partner for like being proud of what you do uh and i'm like please stop telling people <laughs> please stop but then he's like no you should watch yourself i get some great book recs and i was like you know I'm embarrassed, but I don't have the same shame I used to have to be like, I read romance books, whatever. Like, yeah, I think, you you know, after facing certain criticisms, it's just like, I'm allowed to seek joy. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're allowed to find happiness in what we read. We don't have to read literary fiction and like misery books forever. Be sad all the time. Right. Yeah, I like, <laughs> like, I'm allowed to mix it up. I can read some sad books. I can read some not sad books. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think that part really stripped away because I know I've definitely gotten less and less embarrassed to like even film in public over time. It's still oh, yeah, slightly girl. like horrifying. You know what I mean? Like you're like, I don't want to yeah. put my camera out or my phone out and be blatantly recording, but I do it now. I'm like, whatever. I'm never going to see these people again. I'm never going to sure, see these I'm people again. Town. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that really stripped it away. And I mean, I do think TikTok also has pushed people into being more open to talking about stuff. Cause like romance TikTok has been an incredible boon in a lot of ways, as much as people want to critique it. I do think there's, it's just so easy to find new people reading stuff you like for Rex compared to YouTube. And And I'll have to, I guess I wanted to like part of this, like reaching out to friends and having you all, I want to like try to figure like how romance feels right now. And it's like Mm -hmm. undeniable that I think TikTok is 
doing a lot like authors are like you know their publicists or editors are like you got to get on tiktok you got to get on tiktok so like obviously it's an important platform um but i think i think the thing that gets me as someone that like has done youtube is has does podcasting it's like man it's only three minutes though (laughs) you know like yeah what does that do for creators like the people who have been putting in the work for years now knowing that people are craving the content but in like shorter doses or whatever like how does it feel for you like as a creator in that space like what's it feel like right now I mean I am always struggling with that because for me I'm like if I'm gonna put the effort in to make a TikTok that thing has to be able to go up on shorts on reels like I've got to be able to cross post it because Mm -hmm. I I'm just not in the I'm not I'm not a long long form content person you know like I'm not gonna release a video essay like that's just never gonna happen um I would jump off a cliff <laughs> like the idea of filming that editing it any of that like that sounds torturous but I think the the reality of like the TikTok that sort of short content is that it's a lot more casual in a good way like you're really just seeing people as they are uh for the most part at least in bookish spaces I don't feel like we're seeing people overly like done up necessarily um so they're just kind of like it's kind of like a FaceTime with a friend who just finished a great book sometimes And I think there's a lot of value to that for recommendations. You know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, I've been in this hockey phase a little bit right now. And it's been great to just like go search for hockey recs and see what people are talking about and pick a couple, try them. If I don't like them, it's whatever. But I think the the, like rawness of TikTok at times can be helpful Mm -hmm. um, for finding recs and getting like some good, getting the better feeling of what someone thinks about the book. Uh, Because you know, they're editing, but I don't think editing on TikTok is always as intensive as it would be for a YouTube video. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting watching the bookish space shift. I think it's shitty that like BookTube itself has often felt neglected from publishers and seeing like how much attention book talkers get sometimes is frustrating probably, I think to an extent, you know, I, I'm kind of a whatever with it person, but I do think it can be hard to be like, you know, wow, this book talker got 100k on YouTube in two days because they had a, you know, they managed a giant following. And that's just bananas to watch, though, too, as a creator, where you're just like, I don't, I don't know that I'd want that either. <laughs> At the same time, you know, what I mean, like, you have a moment of like, jealousy, but then you're also like, that is too many people in one room. Um, and I don't like it. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's interesting. And I I mean, I personally leaned into letting it shape some of my stuff because, I mean, it's just kind of an interesting element to watch what's popular. I don't love how much old content, like old books we're cycling through uh, for book talk. Sometimes if you only get the popular people on your channel, like on your feed. But um, I also think there's a big benefit there for creators of color because I've managed to find people that I don't think ever would have made a YouTube channel, you know? to get recs from that I maybe would have never heard of. Do you think that, do you think TikTok with it having like the editing and all of that, like right there Mm -hmm. for you and the fact that it's only three minutes, do you feel like for creators, there's like low pressure in that in comparison? Cause I I always question, I'm always, I'm always like, why do a lot of TikTokers? I'm like, why don't you just start a YouTube channel? But like, they are very comfortable in that space. Yeah, I think it's just lower, not lower stakes necessarily, even just lower commitment, right? I feel like people think, 
and you don't. We we know plenty of people who film only on their phones for YouTube and don't have cameras mm-hmm. and all that. But like, I think for TikTok, the idea that I just open my phone and film is a lot calmer <laughs> of an idea than like, you know, feeling like you have to have beautiful bookshelves and all these things set up to film for YouTube, which I think is a preconceived notion that a lot of people have, obviously. I mean, there's plenty of people we thought we know <laughs> that don't have that as well. So yeah, yeah. People, you do not have to have beautiful bookshelves in the background and all that jazz. Just, no. just talk I about the books. Like, well, and that's the thing is that and I, I always tell people, if you want to do it, try it. Because I think there, I personally really enjoy the process of creating content. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's one of the things too. It's like, if you want to try it, TikTok's probably the lowest stakes way to do it. The lowest effort to put in. Because you just use your phone and vertical. You don't even have to, you know, yeah. try and sort out filming horizontal uh, videos. Well, you mentioned like you've let some of it kind of shape your content creation. Like mm-hmm. how do you, how, how so? Uh, I'll kind of see like if I notice stuff is trending on TikTok at times, I'll like try and make sure I do a rec video on YouTube for that type of trope or genre. Um, and sometimes it shapes just what I'm picking up because I'm curious about what everyone else is talking about. And when that book videos are going to drop of like, is this overhyped book talk book? You know what I mean? Like worth it to have my opinion on it already. Or um, when Goodreads awards come around, I try to think about what I've been seeing on TikTok throughout the year and make sure I'm picking those up to have read them to be able to discuss like who got selected by the, Mm. you know, weird Goodreads voting. (laughs) I know because sometimes those lists... (laughs) I think we're always looking at them like, who put this on the list? Yeah. Yep. Almost every time. We're like, how? You mentioned, you mentioned hockey. I wanted to ask you like, what is your, what, what romance era are you currently in? Is it a hockey era? Are you in a monster era? Like what's your romance era at the moment? I mean, I don't think my monster era is left by any means. (laughs) Um, I love my monster books. I may or may not have brought five monster books. I was going to do paranormal, but Heather stole it. Um, so I was uh, hoping you were going to bring monster Rex. <laughs> uh, Heather and I's Rex aligned too much on paranormal. So I was like, well, I'll just do monster. It's an offshoot. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I, I am in my hockey romance era right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm living for hockey. I don't, and I don't know how... Like, back when I started reading romance, hockey was another big one. Like, I was reading Helena uh, Helena Hunting's Puck series. Um, that was big then. In the, like, okay, sell us on intense. hockey romance. Like, if we're not reading hockey romance, why should we be reading it? I don't know. I, listen, I, there's one reason I am reading hockey romance, and it is so dumb. And I, I, I will admit to it. It is the jealous possessive moment with the jersey. So she'll show up to a game and not his jersey or a thing and not his jersey. And this isn't in all of them. This is only in some. And these are the ones I'm prioritizing. <laughs> and he gets on the ice and he sees her in the stands and she is not in his jersey. And he's pissed. Pissed. Oh, that moment. Uh, okay. It's just the best, like, jealous possessive moment. Like, it's so silly. You know what I mean? Like, it's so silly. But it's so fun to read. Yeah, uh, it's like a defining just, moment. <laughs> like, it you is. care about um, her. <laughs> the one I'm reading right now, like, she's the social media manager for the team. <laughs> and I, like, went on a whole rant about how inaccurate the, like, thing she filmed for TikTok would be. Like, I was like, the legal team would never approve this. 
Like, we just all need to be clear. The legal team would never approve this. Would have never happened. Uh, but, like, she's in, like, a jersey from, I think, one of her family members um, for someone else on the team. And he, like, waits for her by the bus and hands her one of his jerseys and is like, don't wear this other jersey ever again. And I'm like, ah, I'm swooning. Like her. <laughs> I think it's the, haha, you like her and you have to admit it thing. Uh, yes. But Emily Rath's books, the 700 and some page hockey romance is really what got me. Um, I'd read some others for a vlog for someone that commissioned a vlog for me and it was really fun. And I was like, oh, I do like hockey romances. Uh, I think the amount of travel also gives like a little more stakes to hockey books in a way. And I don't know enough about the sport to like critique it. Also, if I feel like the sport's inaccurate, which I think is important in sports romance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I think you can e- easily be like, this is inaccurate. I know too much about the sport. Right. Or you can just be like brain off about the sport vids. Doesn't I'm just matter. here for the juice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's just that, that jealous possessive thing happens a lot in the hockey books and I really enjoy it. Um, I, I don't know. They're just fun. And I, I think that maybe a little bit of the violence in hockey makes it more appealing at times too. Like the fact that there'll be fights on the ice and stuff. But yeah. Like, I don't know why that does it for me when I see like the clips on sports center, but I'm like, I don't either. Kind of hot. <laughs> I don't know why we I like this, but I do. It, too deeply. <laughs> it just is what it is. But I think that's why. And I think also you get a lot of different trope mixes within hockey and like any sports romance is that way. I think it's nice. Cause like it can be a sports romance, but it'll still be grumpy sunshine or friends to lovers or you know what I mean? Like we get the full, the full trope mix up in sports romance. Like there's yeah, multiple. It feels like, happening. It feels like hockey romance is really kind of the only sport romance that I'm really seeing circulating right now. Yeah, I don't disagree. When's the last time I saw a basketball romance? I'd probably Kennedy I mean, Ryan's I, long shot was the last one I read. Yeah, I was gonna say I only see long shot talked about really for basketball, but like I mean, I don't I, I despise basketball as a sport. Or as I call it squeaky shoes. Um, I just don't like it. So like, I love Kennedy Ryan and I'm like, this is great. But also like, I don't know what other author could write this and make me read it. <laughs> like it doesn't exist. But yeah, I, I think hockey's just having a moment right now, which is like good and bad. Cause like, there's also the issue in hockey romance that like, there's not a lot of authors of color writing it. There's not a ton of variety yet. Um, yeah. You know, I'm hoping to see more and I've, I've picked up a couple and I'm, I'm always like hunting down new ones. I'm like, who else has these? I was like, I don't yeah. want to just read, you know, like I just read an interracial one that was really fun by Deanna Gray called Sunny Disposition. It's Grumpy Sunshine. Um, they're actually already friends, but they don't know it. So it's kind of got that catfish element where they were supposed to meet up and it didn't happen because a thing happened that prevented him from meeting up with her and then they end up as roommates and he realizes oh it's my her. gosh i love that mm. but it, it's like the good catfish it wasn't like too much you know uh yeah. and then her second one is black love so like i'm excited to get to that but it's just not you know there's like i have like three authors of color i know of writing it and that's my only like pet peeve right now with hockey I'm like, yeah. I, want I mean there's not diversity. a big there's not a big population of like black hockey players either so no I yeah, know I, I, I would, know that it I just, would love to see that you know yeah like you said I'd would love to nice see more of the variety there's, so, there's more than you would realize I think too but yeah it's it's interesting because like it is such a very like white sport in a weird way but then you will mm. read football romances then I'm like why is it all white guys it's not what a football <laughs> team looks like <laughs> not so. at all <laughs> right 
well, I have so many monster questions before you get into the monster Rex, but I want you to talk about your mom, like the mangas too. Like, how did we get oh. into this, the the manga, the manga love? Um, that happened honestly. I was reading them in high school and middle school, and then my parents okay. stopped buying all my books. <laughs> <laughs> which is like the realest statement ever right uh, but I was reading them then uh, and I loved them but the, also the selection was not what it is now so in 2020 ish I became friends with Shay over at Shay Geeks Out and it like found her stuff and it reignited my like oh yeah I love manga why have I not been reading this and then mm. here I am with like three bookshelves of manga <laughs> again and I'm like oh yeah it's because it's expensive that's that's why you stopped um <laughs> It's easy to go overboard, but yeah, it just kind of reignited, especially during the pandemic, because it's just so fun to read and it's so yeah. quick. They're good palate cleansers uh, between books. You know, I can pick up a volume and just kind of reset my brain before I dive into my next read versus like, um, you know, always diving right into something else that's just the same. Like I can read something totally different and then go read another hockey book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it was also the rise of like, you know, they make spicy, smutty manga now, like for sale in the States. And that for me has always been like, I mean, it's just like, you know, being a romance reader, of course, I want the dirty manga. <laughs> like, I want the sex on the page. Like, come on now. Um, so that happening more and more has also like fully reignited my love of it. I just think it's such a wonderful storytelling format. And like, we've always watched anime and stuff. So it just felt like a natural, like, yeah, I'm going to get back into this thing for me. Do you have like off the top of your head for romance readers that are like, I've never read a, a manga. Like you, you enjoy romance. You want to try manga, pick up this series, like anything immediately come to mind. Yeah. Uh, I would say Imakoi, which is available in the Viz media app, which you can get for $2.99 a month um, and read it digitally is one of my favorites right now. It is a high school romance. She decides she's not going to miss her chance, ends up dating like this really cute boy and it's just their relationship and it's so sweet very oh cute God. very like that slice of life just you know you're you're going through them with their relationship uh that one is delightful if you like mafia romance and you want chaos uh we'll call it <laughs> absolute <laughs> chaos uh you can read this through the viz media app as well on their website because it's explicit uh, Yakuza lover. It follows a girl who ends up at a party and then saved by the Yakuza boss. Um, and it's it's bana I mean, it's just bananas. Like it's one of those ones like you have you're you're either gonna love it or you hate it. But it's a wild ride. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where you're like, it's like a Jessica novella. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> the equivalent. Um, I feel like you know it's it's better than a Jessica novella, but um. It, it's one of those you either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it, but it's yeah. definitely. An but you're gonna finish ride. it and not be able to not. Yeah, think you'll about at least it. finish volume one and be like, "Hmm, did I like this? Do I like this? I'm still here, like eight volumes in. It's fine." <laughs> but yeah, those two would be my uh, top two picks. Um, I don't know what like adult like what the uh, grown women category Jose ha is on the visa. But because I'm trying to think of stuff that would be available to people easily also. Uh, mm. Sweat and Soap is another really good one that is complete at 11 volumes. And that follows a couple who um, it's a really weird setup. He likes how she smells and she's very sweaty. 
and that that trend only lasts like maybe for the first volume and a half though like it's not like super weird but he likes how she smells and she's always like constantly wiping down and they work at a soap and like body company like body care and um it follows our relationship and it's really cute because it's very like mature you know like you're not following like teens necessarily and it's just it felt very real to like how it follows the relationship as someone who's like been with someone for a long time too you know that whole thing where you're like okay like that is how that works you know after you're together for a while having the discussion about moving in together and marriage and all the things like but it's very sweet and it is also a little steamy in there but that one's another great option that you potentially could get at your library because it's the other thing it's hard to be like you know here's the series it's 40 volumes because they're expensive they run you know 10 bucks and up uh volume usually i do find them on sale mostly i don't buy full price anymore really but yeah you you're like the go-to for like a lot of the a lot of the library systems that i am subscribed to now um i learned from you so i have i am very much a i god i think i i stopped paying for audible because i was just like well all the libraries that i use i tend to have a pretty mm-hmm. good job like op- you know chance of getting the, yeah. the book from there um the hoopla hoopla system can be tricky to navigate sometimes because like I subscribe to yeah. one and then all of a sudden they're like yeah no if you're out of state we're we're canceling you can't use us anymore but if hoopla is freaking fantastic once you get into it, it and I mean that's another one that I learned from you so <laughs> I I mean I you know I don't I want to be able to read as much as I can without spending all my money on reading uh, is the yeah. biggest thing. And I'm not like a, a big book haul person either when it comes down to that stuff, you know, like I, I like having my books, but I'm not like a, if I had to give up my library, I'd be sad about it, but I could manage probably, you know, there are things I would keep, like if I had to downsize, but I, I could, I could manage it because I same like the library stuff and all that. It's just like, there's so many options to read things and then buy the thing you love also. Yeah. Versus spending the money on a thing you don't love. And being like, crap, now I have to sell this book. So tell me, when monst- when you started hearing about monster romance, what were your initial mm-hmm. thoughts? Were you immediately excited? Were you skeptical? Did you read some and you were like, mm, I don't know, but then you found authors you enjoyed? Like, take us through the beginning of how we oh, have gotten into this monster era that we can't, we're not leaving. I don't really know how I got here. (laughs) This is the funnier part. Again, one of my first romances was an orc romance. So I feel like I have been primed from the beginning for this. (laughs) You were right. Um, You and Heather's, like, y'all's overlap because she's, like, she loves orc romances. (laughs) And I actually haven't read a ton of orc monster Mm -hmm. romances, which is funny. Uh, But, yeah, like, one of my first books was an orc romance trilogy. I don't think that I recommend it now. I've not revisited it. Maybe I will at some point. But, you know, I read that and I just feel like that set me up for it. And I've always been like, you know, I read a couple sci-fi books or fantasy books a year and enjoy that stuff, like weird monsters and things. So I'm like, you know, I feel like I was kind of set up to be like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do this (laughs) when this started to be a thing. Um, And I read, you know, Ice Planet Barbarians and... 2020 or 2019 so like I feel like I'd already like started dabbling into what would be the new take on monsters 
Because I feel like aliens were our early monster romances, or at least not completely humanoid. So like I kind of started there and just as more things came out, I just started diving in more and more and being like, oh, I like this. This is fun. And I love seeing how inventive we get with the anatomy in these books also. Because I think that part makes it, you know, it's just different. It's different. You know, I've got a tentacle book I liked. Who would have thought? I honestly never would have thought I'd be like, yeah, yeah, the tentacle thing in this book is pretty cool. Like, it worked really well for me. How does it feel? Does it feel very different from the paranormal of Once Upon a Time for you or no? Like, I think you said earlier, it just like we're going beyond the paranormal that we had Once Upon a Time. Like, the little bit that I've read, too, like some of it's really cozy. (laughs) And it's Yeah, it is. So, like what do you think like uh, you know, how I different think it's it like I, th- I don't think it feels that different I think of it like an umbrella right paranormal and then like we have like a, t- a string coming down the umbrella and that's your monster romances like it feels like just a slight step away like it's not a lot different most of them mm-hmm. are I feel like have similar elements to a lot of the paranormal books there's a mystery element or uh if they don't have something similar to paranormal they have something fantasy like about them where there's like maybe a quest or an adventure, you know, I feel like they all kind of fall into one of those two categories. Like you don't, I mean, there's a couple, I guess like the morning glory monkey farm is like just a contemporary romance with, you know, a town of monsters. Um, But even that has like fantastical elements to it around like the milking farm (laughs) bits. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I think it's just kind of a slight offshoot of both. And it just, kind of, you know, we're just going a little further than if we just read vampires and werewolf shifters, you know, maybe they're slightly more animal like characteristics to the thing, but it doesn't feel like gross. If that also if that makes sense. I think that's really important. Um, it doesn't feel like I'm reading furry fic. We'll say. <laughs> Um, cause that's the thing I don't, I'm not interested in, but like, sometimes it's just, they're just so bonkers that I can't stop myself from reading it or picking it up. What is it like, what is going on culturally that I like we lived through the pandemic, right? So like that, mm-hmm. the, the space we're in, I feel like is the ripe time for it is. paranormal to have come back, mm-hmm. but we're getting monsters. So do you think that kind of had something to do with it as well like just kind of I think so cycles coming back yeah I think so I do think this is like I do I mean I feel that in the next year and a half or so we're gonna see even more paranormal from traditional publishers because I feel like we've seen so much of it in the indie space now and you know they take a year to two years to catch up and I think the monster is just a natural offshoot but I also don't know that we'll ever see monsters picked up traditionally, if that makes sense. Like, it just doesn't quite feel like something a traditional publisher would do. Um, it feels almost too taboo in a weird way. Yeah. Like, it would be too much for them, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think about it a lot. I'm like, in in spaces, especially here, like, our focus being on category so much, like, mm-hmm. the billionaire's never going to go away. And it's like, yeah. why? Like, what's our fascination with rich people? But you would probably never, you won't see too many monsters on the shelf at Barnes and Noble. And it's like, but why not? Why not this? 
Yeah, and I mean, I think that's just a printing availability issue. Because I mean, I do see Katie Roberts monster books at Barnes and Noble. So oh, yeah, I did. I did start seeing the Katie Roberts. And yes, I had which... a moment of, I really hope some unsuspecting person doesn't pick this up. I know. <laughs> the cover is that's... gorgeous. <laughs> the dragon's and the cover bride. Does at least I was communicate like, communicate <laughs> it. Yeah, it at least communicates it. But yeah, I you know I just think in some ways for the. like people not in the romance space the general public that seeing those books on the shelf might be a little jarring (laughs) i guess we'll say um i don't know i would love to see it go further and i mean it's kind of like the i i mean have they killed off all the paranormal uh harlequin categories now oh yeah 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 i was like those have been long there's no paranormal now yeah yeah sadly so like I, I would have never thought that would happen, but here we are. So, yeah. to you know, some extent, I feel like that category could still exist and probably do pretty well. But, you know, it's it's definitely, I don't think paranormal, because paranormal is never going to leave either. I feel like, you know, our tried and trues that have been doing it forever will continue to publish, Cressley and Kristen Feehan and Janine Frost. And they're going to get sales because people are just, they're in at this point to their 20 plus books into these series. Um same for like Milani Singh, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. the the draw is always going to be there for like at least those series. So I'll be, cu- I'll be curious where we're at with monsters in like another year and a half to two years. So do I, you, I don't know. Do you have to be in a certain mood or no? Like you'll just pick up a monster romance on a whim or is it like I'm in a certain mood and I know this is going to do it for me? It varies. I like I'm a mood reader who has to have a TBR sometimes, right? <laughs> like it's just it's just the default of being a content creator, right? Sometimes you have to read a thing, whether it's for podcast or a video or whatever, book club, you know, you just you have to read a thing. Um so yes and no. I'm almost always in a monster mood. Like without a doubt, if I am feeling slumpy, I usually shoot straight over to my monster TBR of what do I want to read over here? Uh, because for me, a slump is busted best by like a bananas book usually, or a complete pivot. So if I've been reading a ton of monster romances and I'm feeling slumpy, I'm going to go read like the lightest, fluffiest contemporary I can find, you know? Ooh, a slump buster. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tell me you bought some Rex. What's your first one? Okay. Uh, in no particular order, we're going to do this. Uh, Stalked by the Kraken by Lillian Lark is fantastic. This has the paranormal mystery element of it that I often love in paranormals and that mashup, you know, of like solving a thing and figuring out what's going on. So this follows a matchmaker at a bathhouse that they gather energy from people who are matched when they have sex in the bathhouse, usually for their first time, the most energy is gathered. So they're gathering this magical energy and she has been in a matching slump. Like she cannot get it together. And also people are being kidnapped and they find out some of the energy from the bathhouse has been like suctioned off by something and they don't know what, and they're trying to figure it out. And he is like this ancient Kraken human. He's human, but also an ancient Kraken like shifter. Uh, And he sees her and is like, mine that is mine and it's him like trying to like date her and then fall in love situation but also her being resistant to it because she's like I can't match anyone how can I know you're my match like you know she's very like she's very untrusting of her powers currently this one is fantastic he there is tentacles I'm gonna say that but it's like 
um not not like his hand turns into tentacles it felt more like a like um I, what do you want to call it like a thing over him that transforms okay. into the kraken to me in the tentacle sex scene um but it was really fun like these lillian lark to me is like a go-to slump buster and she writes really unique monsters so like she has this she has a lake monster she has a werewolf one that was really fun um she has what is the next one i can't remember oh no my brain <laughs> but yeah she's done like a lot of different monsters that like i was like oh this is interesting this is different i get a lot of her arcs she did basilisk that was one of them too um and that was really fun that was a throuple but yeah she does like a really good balance in this one i feel like of mystery and uh like solving a crime situation with giving us okay. romance too and monsters like setting so up there's a like a bit little bit of romantic suspense in there like a little yeah it's suspense. got yes it's got that Ooh, so that's cool. that's fun i love okay. and i love like when they i think that's part of the appeal to me is like monster romance also like sports romance often mixes a lot and whereas like often if i'm just reading contemporaries i feel like it's like two tropes if that makes sense okay yeah totally okay um, but yeah, this is a great, great one if you're feeling adventurous. Oh, a gargoyle. The gargoyle one is also great. She's a librarian at like a magical um, library place where they're like inventorying books and she ends up with three gargoyles. Delightful. Okay. Uh, and that one has... Gargoyles? That's all I needed to know. <laughs> deceived by the gargoyles. And that one has um, every type of hero you could want. So you've got like a cinnamon roll. You've got like the gruff alpha grumpy one. It's great. Like it has oh the God. full mix, so you know, what more do you want? <laughs> like, what more do you want? Um, yeah, I was like, I know the second one, I love the second book, so I was like, why is my brain not pulling that? But yeah, this is a great series to start with. You can jump around to, you don't have to start with book one, so that's nice. All right, Sing Me to Sleep by RM Virtues. Uh, I would be remiss not to mention Aww, because this is such a fun book, he does such a good job with this and it's such a bananas concept this is one where our heroine penny is visited by a sleep demon and they i've heard of the sleep demon romance yeah. okay <laughs> this is so she has sleep okay. paralysis um and this demon keeps coming to her and then they end up like having a relationship and like there's a bunch of more romantic suspensey stuff happening with this one there is a content note for this one about murder of a loved one, home invasion, night terrors, obviously, sleep paralysis, obviously, and uh, some depression. But yeah, this just like was so interesting how it played out. And it's pretty quick. Like it's under 200 pages. So it surprised okay. me with how well it worked. But yeah, she finally is left alone in this house after a traumatic event. Sleep demon visits. She ends up like going to his world. And there is just some great sex in this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's a good time it's a good time uh i think his tail does things if i recall correctly um and it's just one of those ones that i feel like is an easy one to pick up if you're interested in something like totally just if you want to go full bananas like monster here you go you know here we go yeah <laughs> like what more can i give you than a sleep demon i mean i do have another one that is actually also equally as bananas but you know if you really want to go like just like not a thing necessarily this is great but yeah and rm virtues writing is just so great like he's so talented next we have the dragon bride have you read the dragon bride yet or no 
I've read I feel like the that's Dragon the one Bride. that people, you know, yeah. I, I, I put this one here because I'm like, you can probably find it at your bookstore. Um, it has one of the most beautiful covers I've ever seen for a monster yeah, book. Agreed. Like, I, I feels very wow. old school, but like it's literally a dragon. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yes. Uh, so this follows Briar, who uh, is basically running away from a domestic abuse situation and enters into a contract with a demon who um, we're following like this book series follows a bunch of different demons that we meet in this first book. And that demon like makes sure they're doing this of their own free will. And they agree to spend seven years in the realm with the demon they're matched with. And this dragon has two dicks. So there's that. There is no double penetration because it is too big for that. People were upset. So I, I feel like I have to caveat that when I say there's two dicks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it is her journey with that and the dragon. And it's kind of quiet and sl- not slow necessarily, but like, you know, more interior story. Um, and it just follows them like slowly falling in love. There's some great primal play in this. So that's, you know, when they chase the other partner. Uh, I loved those scenes and I did not expect to love those scenes. (laughs) love primal play. I like absolutely would not run for anyone, but maybe like two people. Uh, and (laughs) like there's maybe two celebrity crushes that could make me run. Uh, otherwise I'm like, every time I read them, I'm like, these are so fun. Why are these so fun? I know. And it was like, I remember one of them being like her, like, I want you to chase me kind of thing. And I was like, I'm Mm -hmm. really into this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, Primal Play was not a thing I had on my bingo board to be into like last year. (laughs) (laughs) I discovered it and I was like, oh, this is a new trope I like a lot. I need this more in things. There's a book after that one, right? I have read, I haven't read the Kraken one, but I read the um the dangerous tides kickstarter one which has a character we meet in this yeah book two is okay. a kraken okay. on after dragon's bride and i i need to get caught up on this series i am too behind right now but i kind of save them for that moment when i'm like i don't know what i want to read and that's what i pick yeah. up like katie is yeah. like a tried and true at this point in my life to just pick up when i know i want something like that okay next is a soul to keep by opal rain uh, I can't finish book two, but book one was great. <laughs> uh, I highly, highly recommend book one. It's an all-time favorite for me. Uh, I cried reading this. I don't cry during books, like, ever. Um, this one is about a girl, Rhea, who is sacrificed by her uh, town to make sure they have this protective dome to protect them from the monsters. And she is given to this demon named Orpheus, who is, like... If, if anyone here watches anime or is familiar, the Ancient Magus Bride, very much like that style monster looking thing. So like the skeletal head and stuff. Um, and all he's ever wanted is a companion. Oh, and his first companion who named him like turned out to be terrible. Again, oh, I no. cried twice during this book. <laughs> I'm tearing um, up just thinking about it. <laughs> and so it's like his journey of like trying to protect her and her trying to understand him and like them getting through the communication barriers and him like keeping her safe and like feeding her appropriately and them like slowly falling in love it's just it's almost a cozy it's just it's very long and i don't i don't associate cozy books with like long books for some reason in my head 
Um, yeah. Not that I think there's a length requirement for a cozy, but a 500 and some page book to me is not going to be a cozy book. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think my standard is know. like cozy mysteries. They tend to be like maybe 300 pages. So yeah, like, that's, it's going to be cozy. Where I that's my cutoff. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and this is definitely like if you're like some people don't vibe with this because of the fact that there's the um, the monster is very unhuman like, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard. That can be a hard no for some people, which is valid. I get it. Um, but yeah, he takes her into the veil, which is like where all the monsters live and stuff and starts teaching her things. And they just like slowly grow into this like beautiful relationship. I, I'm obsessed with this book and I'm mad because the author lives in Australia. So I'll never get to meet her and be like, I loved your book. Oh my gosh. And so you've been reading, you said you can't finish the second one. No, I'm buddy reading the second book and I like keep not picking it up. So it's a different tone though also like which is good I'll t- you know I'll take it I don't I don't want a series that all the books are the same so that's fine it's fine yeah it's fine I'll, I'll survive I'll try book um book three eventually if I don't get through two <laughs> but I just I, I have it on my Kindle I started it and I never went back to it so okay it happens it is what it is I mean again I don't think that discounts book one like they're just so long also which I think is part of the issue I'm having with book two but I flew through the first book I mean flew through it so we'll take it and then the last one I have for you is a shorty it's only like 60 pages oh I love Uh, this one also has a content warning for domestic abuse in it as well um so this is called Railed by the Easter Bunny by Dahlia Davies. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's pagan gods though. So she went the pagan god route and we have all these different pagan gods and she ends up entering into a deal with the Easter Bunny's um mom who's I cannot think of the name of that god and it's not in the notes I have. But she enters into a deal with him and that is to give the goddess of spring a um a a grandchild to basically take over for the easter bunny when it's time so she ends up having like crazy banana sex with the easter bunny uh and there's a sequel that has since come out as well called banging the easter bunny so oh my god (laughs) yeah it's great it's i haven't read the sequel yet but i just the first book was just like 60 pages of Kind of like stuff where I was like, I'm curious about the world in this. I'm like, yeah. I left curious, you know, I was like, the, the setup for the world is really interesting. And then she has uh, the third book in the series, which I read, which is like Railed by Krampus. So I wrote that last holiday. Um, and that was really fun. <laughs> uh, and then I also, she has Railed by Bacchanal. So, you know, she's, she's out here really giving us some, some interesting. Something plot. to think about. <laughs> Uh, and I, I personally, like, for me, I really just enjoyed the fact that she um, was kind of like, I'm going to do more pagan stuff. You know, I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna take it a little really different cool. route for that. So that was really fun. This is one, like, if you just want to dip your toes in, it's 60 pages. So you're not committing <laughs> to 200 yeah. pages or under 200. You know, it's a, it's a smaller time commitment. So, and if you just, you really want banana pants off the wall bonkers books, that's, that one will do it for you. <laughs> I think with so. monster romance, like the thing that pulled pulled me in and something you just touched on is like just being curious, like go mm-hmm. into it with a curious mind to see like how are they going to pull this off? Yeah. What's the world going to look like? Is it contemporary? And it just so happens to be that the hero is 
a monster, like go and do it with a curious mind mm-hmm. and see if it works for you or not. I think that's like the best way to approach it. It is. And I, and it's fun. Cause I mean, even all of these, it's all a variety, right? Like some of these are regular world with monsters. Some of these are like, Hey, this world's run by pagan gods and has like, you know, communities that are based around each God. Like that's different. You know, we don't, we don't get enough world building and romance sometimes. So I'm always like, what are we going to do with this? Where are we going? (laughs) Have you ever read, I see a lot of like monster romance anthologies. Have you tried any of those or no? No, because I am not an anthology reader. I am terrible. I I will get the anthology. I buy them and I will read one and then I leave. And they're (laughs) never usually over a thousand pages. They're not so not short. If yeah. I read one or two, it's like I'll go in and pick my authors and read those. Um, the only time I finish anthologies is when it's like four authors, okay. you know, and okay, it's yeah. not super long. I just I try, and I've heard good things. I've heard good things about the monsters and love one. I think it is, but yeah, I'm just not good at. Pick- it's not my mm. thing. <laughs> I've been wondering, I wish it like, was. should I buy it? Should I get into these, like, and explore it a little bit more? But I haven't seen anybody actually talk about one. So I was like, let me ask Izzy what she thinks. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it could be a good way to find new authors is my thought. But I just, I'm immediately overwhelmed by that. <laughs> like, when I read a novella and my Kindle takes up 1%, I'm like, no. <laughs> we must leave. <laughs> there is no reward here for me <laughs> in my ADHD brain. It says no. Well, before I let you go, I have to ask, because one of the videos that I think that I just always want to know your thoughts on that you do is your Romance Landia wrap up. Did it take on a life of its own and become bigger than you expected or what? Because they're fabulous every time. And I think now you're at the point where people are probably like reaching out to you (laughs) a lot of times like, Izzy, are you going to cover this? Like if people aren't watching it, they need to be watching it. But like, did you expect it to become this larger than life, like creation for you? No, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. It's it's weird. I actually don't get as many tips as you would think for okay. things. Um, mostly, honestly, the biggest help is my discord. Like my members, they all drop uh, stuff as it happens. Like I have a romance landia thread in there and we just drop things as it happened and talk about it. And that always helps me like form my thoughts and where I, where I'm like leaning on a thing. Um, I, it's been weird because I, I don't know, like you had a channel, you get this. There are moments where you're like, huh, that's where I'm at now. Like, this is just weird. It's, it's just not, I've never had like, um, I mean, sure. I would, I would kill to make a full-time living making content. That'd be really cool. Right. That'd be a cool thing to do. Uh, but it's never been like, a feasible thing necessarily right yeah um because I, I do think it's more difficult than people realize oh yeah. um you know we, we aren't making like i make a hundred ish bucks a month like it's it's cool like it's great it pays for books but that's not you know that's what i mean not, like yeah. i'm nowhere near um making like five hundred dollars a month or eight hundred or anything like that that gets you know feels a little more impactful to your budget i guess I mean, $100 helps, like, you know, ish helps, like, in that range, don't get me wrong, but, 
you know, to triple that or quadruple that would be very like different impact <laughs> on my day to day than than this is. Um, so yeah, it's interesting because like I now know I notice like I have people who subscribe to me and only watch that. Like I know there are people that only watch that. Um, and it's interesting too because it often goes outside the bubble. Uh, which is always interesting on YouTube when your stuff starts getting picked up in other uh, segments of YouTube and you get people who like don't know and are just like mad at me. <laughs> that's my favorite. I'm always like, I can't wait for the person who's going to yell at me today in this one. Uh, and I'm always just like, you must be new here. Because if you watch any of my content, this is not a surprise that this is my stance on this. Like, yeah. I'm just not, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty out in the open about not tolerating things. So yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't know why you're surprised that I'm up, that I'm like, this is dumb. You're being racist or you're being a bigot or whatever thing is happening. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been an interesting thing. It's put me, I, I feel like it's allowed me to make friends with a lot of creators that I may not have been able to otherwise, which has been really nice. Mm-hmm. And that's probably my favorite thing it's done is it's, it's led me to like some friend groups that I I mean, I just, maybe I would have been friends with them still, who knows, but I just think it helped, you know, get me there more. So there's that element of it. And it's just, it's that thing where I'm like, I love doing it. So I do it. But sometimes I'm just like, man, this is not, none of this is what I expected. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you have coming up on your channel and podcast wise? Like what's coming up for you that people should be keeping their eye out for? I mean, I'm gonna have links to all your stuff down below, but like, Um, what's, what's coming up? Chapter three podcast, we're doing the Dark Olympus read along for Katie Robert. So we are starting book three, which is Wicked Beauty, if anybody wants to see that. Um, we usually do them live, like the second Tuesday of the month. So it'll be like June 13th ish for that one. Um, I have Romance Landia coming up at the end of May, probably May 28th. Okay. So that'll be fun. Um, otherwise, I should have a hockey romance rec video coming in the next week. So, uh, okay. you know, if you're wanting hockey recs. I didn't have quite enough to bring for this because I almost did hockey, but I was like, now we're going to do room. We're going to do monsters because I, I have like a solid list for that. But yeah, I'm going to be doing hockey recs. Um, and I don't, I don't plan my content super far out. So like I basically have May planned and then I'm just like, you know, in a week, we'll I'll see what happens in June. Plan, plan June. Um, yeah. I, I can't, I, I, I love Heather. I don't know how she's planned four months out and then some because my brain can't do it. So no, like I'll have loose ideas. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not like, I don't know. I just kind of like wing it. Where am I feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the big things right now. Really? I would say also there's the innkeeper chronicles, which we're almost done though. Uh, which is our Alona Andrews read along that I do with uh, a couple people as well. But Heather probably mentioned that maybe, maybe not. Well, plug all of the places where everybody can keep up with you online. Oh God. Okay. Uh, YouTube, obviously happy for now. And then on Instagram and TikTok, I'm Isabel is all right. Um, so there's an is in the middle. All right. Yeah. Um, I love your handle name, by the way. It's great. Cause it puns my married last name too. So, <laughs> uh, that's where it came from. My friend was like, that's it. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I, cause happy for now is taken on things randomly. I was like, I just need something like easy. Uh, yeah. And then I think Twitter is Isabel's all right, because I don't think I could change. Twitter's weird. Who knows? But it's all linked in my um, Instagram profile and TikTok. If you get there, you can find everything else. Mm-hmm.